And you have to talk to your partner about the quality of sex you're having. The process is just as important as the orgasm. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. So today I'm going to be discussing a post that I shared on Instagram that got a lot of reactions from you guys because you were maybe a bit confused, um, frustrated, wanted to understand this post more. There's more curiosity than frustration for sure, which I really appreciated. And there are a few of you who asked me to expand upon it to help you understand what you can do. Um, So let's get into it. The post was by Vanessa Marin. She is a sex therapist and her husband Xander is on her social media account with her and they do amazing content. They actually have a podcast called Pillow Talks. It is great. I highly recommend it. And what she, what Vanessa posted was her saying, maybe it's not low libido. Maybe she blah, blah, blah. And she listed seven things that women typically experience that makes them not want sex when really it has nothing to do with libido at all. These seven things are detached from libido. So it's this eye opener. I'm going to go through the seven with you and help you understand what you can do, um, for each of these seven, if it is the case with your woman And that way you can take some action and you can be enlightened as to, oh, wow, okay, I was just assuming, or she was even telling me she just is not in the mood and it's low libido. But most of the time, guys, it's not. Most of the time, it is not a hormonal problem. Same goes for you guys. Most of the time, it's not a testosterone problem. So let's get into it. The first thing she said was, Maybe it's not low libido. Maybe the sex you're having isn't worth craving. This is really common because the orgasm gap between men and women is pretty significant. Besides orgasm even, is the sex experience a pleasurable one? And this is important to note too because I feel like there's a lot of you guys and um, people in general assume that, oh, well, if you're, are you orgasming? Okay, good, good. Then you're enjoying yourself. Not necessarily. Like an orgasm doesn't mean the sex experience was great or pleasurable or made you feel connected or made you feel like it was worth doing again. You know, so if if she's not enjoying the process of sex and then you're just getting her off at the end and you're like, okay, well, she definitely orgasms and she told me she's definitely orgasming, so I'm good. No, <laughs> like not off the hook until you talk to your partner, just as women are not off the hook, you know, until they talk to you guys, like to understand if you're actually enjoying it. 
I'm sure there's a lot of you who don't actually enjoy the sex you're having. You're kind of just doing it because you either want to be doing it or you feel like, you know, it's better than nothing. Pizza still pizza, right? <laughs> um, as, as most guys will think of sex, like it's still sex. So, so I still want it type thing, but we have to talk to each other about what, if it's actually enjoyable, like, are, is there anything you want to change? Like, how are you feeling about the type of sex we're having? What do you think about the length we usually have it for? Like, is that satisfying to you? Is there anything I do you would like me to do differently? Anything you want me to do more of? Anything I've never done that you would like me to do? Unless we're asking these questions to show our partner, I want to make sure you're actually enjoying this experience so you could therefore crave this experience. What do we have? We have assumptions that are based around oh, well, I'm pretty sure she's orgasming, so it should be fine. And like, I don't understand why she doesn't want it all the time, blah, blah, blah. And we get frustrated based on those assumptions. So you can't assume you have to talk to your partner about the quality of sex you're having. Orgasm included, like not everything's about the orgasm. It's very important because of the orgasm gap, right? But the process is just as important as the orgasm. In fact, as a woman, I personally look back on sex experiences that I really enjoyed as the, as the process, not the orgasm. I'm not like, oh man, I orgasm so hard with that guy. I'm like, wow, that was really fun because it started out like this and it kind of went through, we did this, we did that. It was really, we were both like just relaxed. It was playful, you know, like that's more the, the memorable experience too. So that's, that's the thing that's worth craving. And it was actually very interesting to scroll through the comments on this post. If you want to find it, her Instagram is, um, let me look up the name, Vanessa and Xander. So I'll put them in the show notes so that you can find her and you could find the post, which, which is titled, it's not low libido. So it's probably a few posts in, maybe like 10 or 12 at this point in time. So basically what you want to do in terms of an action step is you want to have this conversation about the type of sex you're having and if that sex is worth having to her and why or why not. Don't be afraid to ask questions that might feel painful, you know, to get a, a truthful answer that, you know, maybe you don't want to hear, but that's the answer you need. Right. And that's why I always tell you guys, like you have to communicate, even though you're, you probably won't always hear what you want to hear, but that's the whole point. The whole point is so that you can do something different to get a different result. So it's very likely that if you open up this type of conversation, you will hear something you don't want to hear. And I think that's why a lot of you avoid it because it's scary to do that. Like none of us want to do that. Like I don't want to, you know, confront my boyfriend with things where I'm like feeling insecure about it and I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. Like it's, it doesn't feel good for me either, but I know that the only way I will get a clear answer and understanding is if I bring that up. So very important. The second one she says is maybe it's not low libido. Maybe it's that he only touches you when he wants sex. She worded it differently, but it's basically like you're only physically touching when you want her body. And this is when a lot of women feel sexually used. Women say this, I feel like a lot of guys think they're exaggerating when they use this phrase, but if you really think about it from a woman's perspective, like if her boobs are being grabbed and 
you know, you're, you're grabbing her ass and there's never like a loving touch. It's just you grabbing when you want her sexually. And that's really the, the only time when you're really touching her that, that feels terrible, right? Like if you think about it, even if you're doing it playfully, because you can be a a great guy with great intentions and you have, you know, all the love for her in the world. But if you really look at, really look now at like, how often do I touch her? And how often of those times that I touch her, am I looking for something? Am I looking to get something sexually? Like, can you easily think of ways that you touch her just to connect with her? Just to show her you you love her or adore her or care for her? You know, like rub her head when she's leaning against you watching a movie or touch her cheeks and pull her in to, to kiss her goodbye. And it's just like a nice quick peck, but like you hold her for a minute, you know, holding her hand when you walk together somewhere, even if it's just to the corner store to pick something up. Like how often are you initiating touch in a way that you don't want something from it? You just want to connect. So that's definitely something to be mindful of because that could be hurtful and that could, that could cause a lot of that could cause resentment and rightfully so, right? The next one is maybe it's not low libido. Maybe it's you can't remember the last date night or meaningful conversation you've had with him. This is another one that has to do with you just not dating each other anymore, right? And there's there's no more romance. There's no romantic connection. You've kind of gotten this routine that's very robotic and is very talking about the same thing maybe every day, assuming you know your partner. Maybe it's hard to be curious about your partner because you do the same, you both do the same things and it's it's so routine. Um, and something I would recommend to you guys, because I get it, if you have kids and and you have full-time jobs, it's like there's not a ton of time to do all this adventurous stuff, right? Like you're like, you know, you probably will be in a routine for a while. In that case, doing something little like buying a game and playing it with her that weekend, like that's something new. It can be done within a half hour. Like you could do it when the kids go to bed just to spend some quality time, have some fun. Maybe it's like you learn about, you learn something about her based on the type of game that it is. You know, that's just an example of a creative way to realize, okay, like what's something new we can do that we don't usually do to kind of spark a, a curiosity in, a curiosity in each other so we can continue learning about each other and we can enjoy each other's company. Think about when you first started dating, like you wanted to know so much about them and you couldn't wait to date them because there was just, there was more to know. And and then you live together and then there's so much more to learn about how they go about their day to day. And, and, you know, somewhere along the way it's, that can be lost when, you know, you're both just doing the same things and you assume assumptions, chronic assumptions that you'll just, you just know everything and you never have to ask again. Besides the game to make it even easier, if you're food shopping and you like a food and you don't know if your if your partner likes it, you know, just asking her babe, have you ever liked this? Oh, really? Oh, interesting. You know, like you might learn about like the dumbest shit, but like <laughs> not dumbest shit, but like even the tiniest things of like, oh, really? You never liked that? Why? Oh, that's interesting. You know, it sparks something. It kind of like livens up your relationship a little bit because you learn something new. 
find ways to to learn about her and find ways to date her and find ways to bring meaningful conversation back into your relationship. And that comes with curiosity. Meaningful conversation can come from something that seems a little stupid. Like, oh, why did you, why don't you like this food? Oh, well, I had an allergic reaction when I was a kid. Oh, really? I never knew that. What happened? And like, sometimes there's a story that opens up there and you never know unless you, you be curious. So it could be about the most surface level basic things, or you can just come out and ask her a deep question out of nowhere that you were just thinking about. And you're like, huh, I don't know this about my partner. Let me ask her. I think sometimes you can feel weird asking your partner just random out of the blue questions if you never do that. But I think if you get in the habit, it will be a pleasant surprise because Learning new things is a, is a way to connect with each other when you, when you share in that conversation. And it's much better to have that type of conversation than, oh, how's your day? Oh, good. Yeah. The kids were hard again. Oh, uh, okay. Well, hopefully tomorrow's better. You know, you, you want to get out of that and you especially want to lean into conversations that go outside of your stressful day-to-day routines. All right. The next one was maybe it's not low libido. Maybe it's you're carrying the mental load of the relationship. So this is an interesting one. This can have a lot to do with the woman carrying the emotional load. And it makes sense. Like men have a harder time expressing themselves emotionally. They don't have, it's, it's not as acceptable to talk to their friends about the way they're feeling or what they're struggling with. So they can often suppress that. And when that emotion is suppressed, it it comes across the wrong way to their partner and she's trying to understand, but he's not like sharing and he's, he's afraid to share. Cause then that means he's not a man, you know? So there's like this tension where she's carrying the emotional weight essentially. Um, that's how I view this. Um, but this has mental load, whatever, this can go both ways, right? Like any of these can go both ways, but I just want you to think now if you feel like she's carrying a lot on her plate mentally, where maybe if you opened up and you talked to her more or shared with her more, she maybe wouldn't worry so much about things. You know, I think sometimes men saying, don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. While they seem very stressed on the outside is just, it's not reassuring. It's not relaxing. It's actually the total opposite. So if you're like, I can handle it. Like, don't worry about it. And you're not like sharing what, what, your dilemma is or what's going on that's like making that thing difficult with her, then you're putting more stress on her. So think about it in that way maybe um, and ask yourself, you know, is there a way I can take some mental load or emotional load off of her plate? And as we go through these, these are not to say that all men do all these things or even that, you know, you're doing these things, but it's, it's definitely good to be aware of what potentially could be going on, Right. I saw this quote by a guy named Jason Gaddis. Um, it was an Instagram Instagram post, and he said, one of the greatest practices in a partnership is self-examination. Being aware of your triggers and working on them will pay dividends for years. This is not self-blame, it's self-discovery and self-mastery. I thought that was a good reminder. I screenshotted that this morning because I thought it was a good reminder that like, We can learn a lot about ourselves in our relationship and, and not in a way where it's like, oh, we're not good enough or we're, we're always the one doing it wrong. You know, don't think of it that way, but think of it like I'm going to master myself. I'm going to understand 
the things that I do that maybe I can do differently and not even better necessarily, but just you can do them differently. And that's, that's powerful. And it's also powerful for you to, as I always say, like drop your ego and realize that we all make mistakes. And sometimes we do do things the wrong way when it comes to our partnership and the dynamic of our relationship. And we can do better. We can do different and better. So why not do that if it's possible, you know, and why not lean into understanding ourselves a little bit more instead of trying to just assume we're great and we're not doing anything wrong. And it's, it's her problem. Um, I think the more you can take ownership, the less stressed you'll be and the more satisfied you'll be because you'll always be focused more on you and your own actions instead of your partner and the expectations of your partner. So that was just a side note, but let's get back to it. Uh, Maybe it's not low libido. Maybe it's that you're experiencing pain during sex. All right. So this is a, this is definitely one too. I mean, all of these are common, all of these I've heard of and all the women in the comments are like all of the above and like, yeah, definitely this one, definitely that one. So I do wonder how many women in the comments have actually shared with their partner that this is what they're going through instead of just saying it's low libido, but, um, that's a different story. I, I definitely experienced pain during sex over the last year with my health concerns. And as a woman, it was really embarrassing. Um, I don't know why it was so embarrassing. I don't know if it was like embarrassing as a woman or embarrassing for me based on my history, but to experience pain during sex felt so different. It was something I've never felt in my life. It was such a daunting experience the first time it happened. Cause I was like, wait, what? Like, is this my life now? Like, is this never, is sex never going to feel good again? And so there's a lot of panic. There was a lot of emotion. There was some shame. There was, you know, wanting to just bite the bullet and go through with it, even though, you know, and give, give my boyfriend what he wanted, even though internally I was like screaming and that stopped pretty quickly. I only went you know, maybe two times of putting up with it until I told him. And, um, and it was hard to share. Like I said, it's like, it's not sexy to be like, Hey, I'm in pain. We can't have sex. You know, like that's, I'm 32. Um, so that wasn't, that definitely wasn't fun sharing. It was not easy to share, but I knew that if I didn't share then what would I do? I'd make excuses for not having sex. And then he'd be confused. And then I would probably lie over that lie. And it would turn into, you know, this elephant in the room that nobody's talking about. No one's understanding. So I knew I had to immediately share that, even though it was painful and it was embarrassing for me. And sharing that, um, definitely made things a little awkward in the beginning because he was like, I don't want to hurt you. Just don't do it. And I was like, no, I think it's okay today. You know? And it like, so we had to go through some funks, um, which is fine. And that's what healthy communication helps you do is you don't have to feel any sense of pressure and you're both having an understanding of what's going on, but you, you do want to ask her. And I think one of these random questions that you could ask your woman is, Hey babe, have you ever experienced pain during sex? Like, was that ever, I know that a lot of women deal with that. Is that ever something that you've experienced? Because 
I can't imagine there's a lot of men out there who ask that question, you know, and, and I think it could be really enlightening for you to know. And, you know, that's, that's once again, opening the door to a meaningful conversation, which, which, uh, is an action for the one we talked about before. So two birds with one stone, no feed two birds with one scone. (laughs) I actually got that from that sex therapist that saying, it's funny, cute. Um, but you know what I mean? So you, for you to open up that conversation, you'll learn something about her. Either Either you'll learn that painful sex is not the issue and never has been, which is great. Or you'll learn that it's the issue now. Like, holy shit, that's a huge reason why you're probably not having sex. And to understand like, okay, well, what, what can we, is there something we can do? Um, we could do about it to make it more comfortable. Are there certain times of the month when it's more comfortable? Um, are there certain, is there a certain amount of foreplay needed? Is there a lube you really like you want me to get? Is there another way you like to experience sex, like a certain position? So there's definitely a conversation there and it's important for you to, to understand that. I think you should know that about your partner and she should feel open and safe to share that with you. The next one is maybe it's not low libido. Maybe you can't handle someone else needing your body. So I think this one often comes when, when your, your partner has recently had a child, Uh, most likely your child. Right. And I have a lot of guys in my my DMs who are like, we just had a baby and like the sex, we can't find the time or the energy. And yeah, I mean, as a new mom, I've, I've talked to my mom and a couple other moms about this just to get some input. And, um, yeah, it really seems like it's pretty exhausting to just be needed. Like your body's needed as a tool for survival. And then you have you know, your husband saying he needs you. And it's like, okay, you don't really need me right now though. And I only have so much energy. I'm giving it all to this baby. And I also need some for myself. And I think all women are different. Some women after six weeks, they're ready to have sex again, but other others, not so much. It takes, takes a few months, you know, maybe six months to a year before they feel normal, um, sometimes even longer. So I think the for you to make sure she gets her alone time and that she's filling up her, her own cup, so to speak, while right after that baby comes is the best way that you can be supportive there. Um, otherwise, there's not much you can do, right? Because the baby does need her and it just might be something you have to wait out. But for you to be actively supporting her is definitely in your favor and hers and the baby's. And then lastly, maybe it's not low libido. Maybe it's you have immature ways of initiating sex. Yeah, this is this is a thing too. She mentioned the boob squeeze where guys will like honk her boobs. Um, if you're honking your woman's boobs and that's your way of initiating sex, you got to find another way. <laughs> if you're just randomly smacking her butt as you walk by and you're like, all right, tonight, you're like, come on, come on. And you're like whining. Oh my God, got to change your way. You know, it's just... Nobody wants to be initiated by a teenage boy, you know, like that's kind of the thought. It's just an immediate turnoff. So question yourself, you know, take this as a self-mastery time to question yourself and and ask how you're initiating and ask yourself, is, is that the man she fell in love with? Like, would he initiate that way? And 
If the answer is no, then you probably want to change it. You know, you probably want to bring a little bit of seduction back. And I hope this was helpful. I think that all of these are really good points. Like I said, a lot of women in the comments resonated. I definitely resonate with a lot of these, not now, but I can, I've definitely experienced almost all of these, except for the baby one, can't handle someone else needing my body and carrying the mental load, I think. But all of the other ones, yeah, 100%, it put me in the place of just not wanting that person sexually. So it's a thing. It's real. And we have to not assume that just because you have to not assume that just because you're in a relationship that sex should just be on the table all the time. Like that's not, you know, that's not fair. We're still humans. We still um, want to feel admired and we still want to be connected before going into the act of sex. So you can't think, okay, well now I got her. I should be able to have this whenever I want. We're never fully entitled. We should always be working on ourselves and working for our relationship and working to meet the attraction needs of our partner. Like we should always be pursuing each other. We can't lose that entirely because that's often when we do lose sex. And I appreciate you guys who are like, Hey, like I want to understand how I could do better and, um, how I can handle each of these issues. So you, you guys are awesome. And I hope that this, this podcast helped you answer those questions, at least for, for now, at least Hopefully you have a head start with this episode. Uh, check the the description below for the links of Vanessa and Xander's podcast, as well as their Instagram that I shouted out today and got this content from. Otherwise, have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. And I'll talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.